You're listening to Bloomberg Law with June Grosso from Bloomberg Radio. The Supreme Court's first case on the Second Amendment in almost a decade petered out. In a 6-3 ruling, the court dropped a clash over New York City handgun transportation restrictions, saying the city had made the issues in the case moot by changing the law to give residents more freedom to travel with their weapons. Here's Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg at the oral arguments. The state says, city thou shalt not enforce the regulations. So what's left of this case, the Petitioners have gotten all the relief that they sought. They can carry a gun to a second home. They can carry it to a fire, um, to a practice range out of state. Joining me is noted Second Amendment scholar Adam Winkler, a professor at UCLA Law School. So, Adam, basically the court took the available exit ramp out of the case. Was that surprising to any extent? Well, it was surprising because this was the first big Second Amendment case the court had taken in a long time. Since the 2008 and 2010 decisions in D.C. versus Heller and McDonald versus City of Chicago, it's been a long time since the court has waded into the Second Amendment, and there's a lot of open questions, including whether bans on assault weapons are allowed, whether states and cities can really restrict concealed carry, So when the court took this case, everyone thought it had great anticipation that this was going to be a major ruling that would really reshape Second Amendment jurisprudence. So to have that ultimately peter out on an issue of mootness is itself surprising. Why did the three most conservative justices, Samuel Alito, Clarence Thomas, and Neil Gorsuch, still want to hear the case? Well, they said that this case was not moot, that the underlying challengers didn't receive everything that they really wanted, that the new rules put in place by the city remain ambiguous about what they allow and what they don't allow, and they thought that the case should go forward. Clearly, though, part of their motivation and what really comes through in Justice Alito's dissenting opinion is the idea that the court needs to step in, in their view, to stop the lower courts from misapplying the Heller case. And Justice Alito suggested that the lower courts have mishandled the Heller case, have misapplied the rules, and basically upheld too many gun laws. And Justice Alito wants the court to step back in, and he was joined by Justice Gorsuch, and he was joined in part by Justice Thomas and Justice Kavanaugh, who didn't join Justice Alito's opinion in his own concurring opinion, Justice Kavanaugh said much of the same, that we need to take a new Second Amendment case because the lower courts have been misapplying the Heller case. So was it surprising then that Kavanaugh, who may have been the fourth vote to take the case, didn't align himself with the conservatives here? Well, everyone was looking to see what Brett Kavanaugh would do. This is Brett Kavanaugh's first Second Amendment case since joining the Supreme Court. As a lower court judge on the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals, he had ruled in a case called Heller II, appropriately. He had dissented in a case that uh, upheld a ban on military-style assault rifles and certain kinds of registration requirements. And in that opinion, he said that he thought that the courts were applying the wrong standard. Uh, What virtually all the circuits have now started to apply in Second Amendment cases is a two-part standard that asks whether the underlying activity is regulated, is subject to Second Amendment protection, and then if so, whether the government has sufficiently strong enough reasons to burden that right. But Justice Kavanaugh has voiced his opinion that that's the wrong way to think about the issues, that we should only look to history and tradition for answers on what is allowed by the Second Amendment. Do any of the other justices on the court have that same approach? 
Well, we might expect that Justice Gorsuch might take a similar approach. We might expect that Justice Thomas would take a similar approach. We're not quite sure about Justice Alito. And one of the interesting things is that Justice Thomas did not join one portion of Justice Alito's dissenting opinion. And it was a portion where Justice Alito talked about the government's interest in public safety and talked about things in the framework of a kind of balancing of government interests against individual rights. Uh, And it seemed like maybe Justice Thomas didn't want to have anything to do with any discussion of standards of review. It's all and just about what history and tradition and what laws we had in 1791 to tell us what laws we can have today. If the court had actually taken up the case and decided on the merits, do you think that they would have thrown the law out? I think most court watchers were pretty certain that New York's rules were headed for disaster in the Supreme Court, which is I think why gun safety advocates worked with the city of New York Police Department and then ultimately with the state legislature in New York to get this rule overturned and then a state law passed to say that the New York City Police Department could not reinstate the rule. As I mentioned, the Supreme Court hasn't taken a gun case in over 10 years on a major Second Amendment issue. Everyone expected this to be a potential landmark. New York's laws were the most restrictive in the nation not the kinds of laws you want to send up for a landmark ruling at the Supreme Court. And yet the law passed muster at the district court and the Second Circuit. That's right. The law did pass muster under the lower court. And we've seen in most lower court cases that gun control laws have done pretty well. And this is part of the source of a claim that Justice Alito makes in his dissenting opinion and Justice Thomas has made previously that they believe the Second Amendment is being treated like a second-class right in some courts. I think that's uh, not quite right. I think what we see is that, in general, courts have always been deferential when it comes to gun control laws, in part because courts don't want to be second-guessing these vital measures that are necessary for public safety. But uh, I think the Supreme Court seems to have at least four justices who are itching to step into the fray and maybe do just that. Justice Alito at one point said that we can't allow people to be basically messing with our docket. Is that what New York really did here? They changed the law so that it it wouldn't get reviewed by the Supreme Court. Well, New York did change its law, and Justice Alito frames it in its most negative way as trying to alter the docket of the Supreme Court. But it's also the case that we want governments to be responsive and that if the government thinks that it's going to lose a constitutional case, a case where it's charged with violating constitutional rights, do we want that government entity to hold on to that position, come hooker by crook, even when they know that the law is likely to be struck down by the courts? Or do we want lawmakers to take the initiative and say, you know what, we're going to repeal bad laws and that we're going to do what we think is right for the people. And I think that's what the city and state of New York did. And that's kind of what we want government to be doing when faced with laws that they've passed that really are constitutionally questionable. Let's go back a little into history and tell us about the Heller case, what it decided and what it left open. Well, one reason why this New York gun case was so highly anticipated was because the court in the Heller case back in 2008 left so many questions unanswered. The court said you have a right to have a handgun in your home for personal protection, but left virtually all of the rest of the important Second Amendment questions, such as what kind of guns you can have, where can you take your guns, what kinds of limits can be posed on people who want to carry guns. All those questions were left unanswered. Indeed, the court never even identified a standard of review to apply 
in future Second Amendment cases, causing quite a bit of consternation and confusion in the lower courts. So I think what's really at issue in the New York gun case was not really so much New York's gun laws, but what the court would say in this case when they rule on the merits of a Second Amendment argument about the standard of review that should apply and what kinds of laws are constitutionally permissible and what kinds are not. Given the composition of the court and the two new Trump justices, it seems likely that that court would articulate a pretty broad and expansive view of the Second Amendment. So now Justice Kavanaugh, in his concurring opinion, suggested that there were other cases coming along that the court might take up. What are some of the cases that the court could take up? Well, if Justice Alito is right that the city and state of New York manipulated the docket of the Supreme Court, we might note that they didn't do a very effective job at it, because if the goal was to stop the Supreme Court from ruling on the Second Amendment, it won't be a long-lasting victory. The Supreme Court has a number of cases where cert petitions have been filed in Second Amendment cases, raising issues from restrictions on military-style assault rifles to restrictions on concealed carry. You'd need a fortune teller to tell you which of the cases the court is going to take, but the court has a number of them backed by very strong legal teams raising Second Amendment issues. And it could very well be that this time next year, June, we're talking about the major Second Amendment case that the Supreme Court issues fundamentally reshaping gun laws in America. And where is Justice Roberts in the spectrum of gun rights? Well, the great mystery of the Second Amendment these days is what will Roberts do? No one really knows. Chief Justice Roberts joined the majority opinion in both the Heller and McDonald cases, siding with gun rights and a broader interpretation of the Second Amendment, but didn't write his own opinions, has never been someone who's spoken on this issue, hasn't written his own opinions in dissents from denials of cert and other things like we've seen from Justices Thomas and Alito and Gorsuch. So we don't really know where Chief Justice Roberts is. I suspect that's the biggest question for the justices, too. There are four justices on the court who represent the liberal wing of the court who'd love to see the court take a Second Amendment case if they could count on Chief Justice Roberts to vote to uphold the gun control law. Similarly, there's four on the court that represent the more conservative wing of the court that would love to see the court expand Second Amendment rights. And the question for them is, is Chief Justice John Roberts on their side and likely to do that? Let's talk a little bit about COVID-19 and guns, because in most states, gun stores are considered essential businesses. The NRA is suing New York over the fact that it doesn't have gun stores listed as essential. Is that a tough argument to make? Well, I think it's going to be interesting to see. I think as a general matter, the courts are going to be broadly deferential to lawmakers in how they handle coronavirus issues. And if you're going to be closing things, then I think most courts are going to be um, uh, cognizant of the public safety issues. But we've already seen so far that that's certainly not going to be all courts. And we've seen courts that have uh, called into question some executive actions. Uh, And I think the closing all gun stores does raise uh, significant constitutional questions. Um, How the court would rule on them, I think, remains to be seen. Um, But if we recognize that having access to a firearm is a fundamental constitutional right, Um, uh, and the kind of thing that one might want to have in a time of crisis, Um, then um, I think that those orders uh, closing the gun stores uh, at least raise some constitutional issues that courts will give serious attention to. I was surprised that when the NRA either threatened or filed suit against New Jersey, that New Jersey backed down 
I don't think it's really worth the fight. You know, I don't think it's a real winner issue. You know, the truth is, is you do have a constitutional right. We don't want lawmakers to be restricting your access to constitutional rights if they don't have to. Now, maybe that the coronavirus is one of those things that means the government really does have to limit access to gun stores. But when people go out and they see a lot of other kinds of stores that are open, hardware stores and things like that, they start to wonder, well, uh, certainly protecting my life is certainly as essential as getting uh, a new knob for my door. So uh, I don't know. I think that those laws are they can be hard to defend, given that there are so many exceptions already for the kinds of things that people deem to be essential. What is likely to be the the first issue that the court takes? I think there's several major issues that people are concerned about. They're concerned about the concealed carry issue. That could really change gun laws in places like New York and Los Angeles, where currently very, very few people carry guns on the streets. But if the Supreme Court says that uh, they must have shall issue permitting, the kind of permitting regimes that are common in the South, for instance, um, and some other parts of the country, um, then uh, many, many more people will have guns on the streets. And so that's a big issue. Restrictions of different kinds of weapons. The gun safety reform movement has made a big push to try to restrict high-capacity magazines. The Supreme Court steps in and says that you can't regulate high-capacity magazines, that they're guns that are protected by the Second Amendment or gun accessories protected by the Second Amendment, and then that would be a big issue. And then there's the sort of larger question about what is the standard of review that applies to gun control more generally. Um, the court still hasn't made that clear, and there are clearly several justices who are not happy with the two-part test that the lower courts have been applying. Um, what would the court do there? Does the court apply a standard of review that makes it harder for many future gun control laws? to survive judicial scrutiny? Those are the big questions. Thanks so much for being on Bloomberg Law, Adam. That's Adam Winkler, a professor at UCLA Law School. A note, Michael Bloomberg, the founder and majority owner of Bloomberg LP, the parent company of Bloomberg Radio, is a donor to groups that support gun control, including Every Town for Gun Safety. Thanks for listening to the Bloomberg Law Podcast. You can subscribe and listen to the show on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and on Bloomberg.com slash podcasts. I'm June Grosso. This is Bloomberg. Bloomberg.